This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Charger Bolt Family and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein, the question that you really need to answer here, and the question at hand, more importantly, is how do you know when summer's over? And it's in three simple words. You know, some people have it. It's like, oh, you know, the leaves start to change or, oh, the temperature starts going down or, oh, you know, I want to look at what, you know, uh, Home Goods pumpkin has. for their, Yeah, pumpkin spice lattes or, or, or what Home Goods has for their fall decor. No, three simple words to indicate when summer has ended. Football is back. Football is back, baby. Oh, say it again. Say it again. Football is back. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, football is back. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Jake T. Hefner, myself, at Dan W. Sports. No longer Chargers Homer. Day one training camp in the books. Jake and I were live on the grass. Tons of observations we're getting to talk about. We're going to go into some of the team drills, high-level observations that we had, obviously individual drills, uh, press conferences, definitely got to get into those. We had Cleo Mack, we had Brandon Staley, and we had the one and only Justin Herbert up there. Uh, some fireworks going off today, Jake, on the social media side. Uh, before we get into any of that, let's uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Our friends over at Bet Online, get that out of the way. That's how we can just get right into like what everyone's here for, which is all of the stuff that we have seen. That's fair. Up close that's, and personal. That's fair. I like it. Cut dry the end. All right. Well, our partners over at Bet Online, it, they continue to be the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make sure your first sports bet uh, is using our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V. Five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V 50. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Dan. Now all the formality is now out of the way. So go ahead, sir. Formality out of the way. We got plenty to talk about. I know everybody wants to know as far as you know, football being back, what happened in training camp today, but we're gonna we're gonna do this in a different type of way. We're actually gonna go to the end of practice because there were some, some takeaways uh, and some news that we need to get into that are were obviously brought forth and enlightened more from, from Brandon Staley during his press conference. Obviously, we found out today that uh, Derwin James is in practice. He's not holding out at all. He's, he's technically the term has now been dubbed from everybody apparently as holding in as he was he was on the field for the early part of walkthroughs, actually going through the very, very early part of walkthroughs with the rest of the defense. But Brandon Staley did elaborate afterwards that he not only is, I mean, he is 100% healthy, which is great, but 
he will not be practicing until his forthcoming contract is all taken care of. And all indications are, especially from Brandon Staley, that they expect that to take place very, very soon. Uh, The other player update of note is one Kenneth Murray. We all expected, this shouldn't surprise nobody, considering the timeline in which Kenneth Murray had his offseason surgery. Um, I know Dan was hopeful that he would come back by week one and have that be a nice little surprise, but that did not happen at all. So Kenneth Murray uh, is still out. Um, Based off of Brandon Staley's comments today, the recovery is going well. The timeline, however, Mm. while he wouldn't put an exact time date for when he expects him to return, he did say that he would expect him within the next four to six weeks, which if we're doing our math, that brings it right, uh, potentially that could be right up until the beginning part of the season, which Staley then elaborated because someone then retorted back with that question to say like, okay, well, what, what are the expectations for him coming back on a short notice like that? And Staley basically just said, you know, that's that's basically up to him. That's up to his work that he does in the film room. That's what he's able to do on the walkthrough. So that is definitely the the key player update to monitor for the next four to six weeks. So we'll see what happens. We definitely hope that Kenneth Murray is able to get to a speedy recovery to where he can get out on the field and practice. Um, again, Dan, I don't see this. I don't see him playing at all, honestly, in the time. It's not good. Before before the preseason, and what did I tell you? <laughs> when you're talking about the linebackers uh, and and that position right now, it's 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 going to be shaky coming up to to the beginning of the season, especially for a player of Kenneth Murray that a lot is being expected of him this year, and he knows that he needs to go out and perform. Um, there's a lot of eyes and a lot of expectations on him going into the season. There is. Uh, It doesn't bode well for him. That's definitely more headwinds in front of Kenneth Murray. And you just hope that by some gift of the heavens that he's able to just come in and immediately like impress because like it's hard to make impressions when you're not at training camp, when you're not in preseason, when you're not in drills, like, and you didn't play well the year before and you were injured. Like that, that's a hard hill to climb. Um, so yeah, Derwin James, smart money move, in my opinion. Like if I was him, I wouldn't go out there and be physical unless I got my money. So for the team, like I, I get it. I, from his perspective, from his team, his camp, I, I would wait for a contract before I risked anything. Uh, so I get it. I do think that that possibly could accelerate things a bit for the contract because the team wants him out there and he wants to be out there. So if money's the only thing between it, like they, they should get it figured out. The old saying, deadlines make deals. And if the Chargers deadline is indeed Labor Day, and all indications are this is going to get done, the the mutual aspiration, uh, admiration from both player, coach, organization, they know that each other loves, <laughs> they, that they love each other. They, they know that Derwin James is not going anywhere. So I don't doubt that they're going to get this done by Labor Day, Dan, as you said it. Hopefully that this would expedite the process a little bit faster. Yeah, so let's get into it, Jake. So press conferences, uh, which happened afterwards. So we'll go press conferences first, then we'll go into the kind of key takeaways from both those and as well as the drills that we observed while they're on the field uh, in Costa Mesa. So, Jake, first one, off, right off the bat, Brandon Staley comes out. Uh, folks are mentioning fourth and Staley's, which, by the way, again, get your fourth and Staley t-shirt at LAFB Network Shop. Use the promo code UNLEASH, get 25% off. Nice plug. You're welcome. Um, LAFB... 
has been a fan of that since day one. And it's good to see that vernacular being used more and more. Uh, he was asked about fourth and Staley, Jake, and it uh, doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. He doubled down on it. He doubled down on it. And it, it was it was a combination of his comments and basically just saying, you know, it, it was not all about analytics. It is simply just more from a mindset of the game, the way that the game is going, and overall a confidence that he has, not only in players like Justin Herbert, the rest of these guys, that they're going to be able to go out and make a play. And we've, yeah, we've said this so many times. I feel like we're hammering this into the ground. You know, Number one, is, is he most likely going to learn from some of the mistakes that he made during his rookie coaching season? 100% he's going to do that. And number two, it's like if you're going to grade him simply because of the times that he lost on fourth down, well, then equally grade him on the times where he gambled and where he won. In my opinion, you're not winning that Kansas City game in week two without going for it. Even though it didn't end up being a caught ball, you drew a penalty off of it and you were still able Isn't to convert. Jake being optimistic. Who is this? <laughs> Foot, football's back. Okay. Football's back. Just come back Take to me in October. Yeah, take advantage of it while it lasts. Come back to me in October, November. Depending on how this team is doing, you may see a completely different person. We'll see about that. But anyways, back to Brandon Staley. Um, you just kind of have to grade him just on both sides of the curve here. You know, I like the aggressive mentality. And if, I mean, I have, I have certain issues of it, you know, it's definitely wouldn't be going for it when you're like on your own 20, you know, that's, that's for one of those things I definitely wouldn't do. Um, but it's the confidence that he's instilling in, in his offense to go out, make a play, keep a drive alive and, really just be aggressive offensively. So I like it. <laughs> even the, the Chargers Twitter handle even put out a, a post earlier today um, while Brandon Staley was out signing autographs on the sideline that someone asked him, it's like, hey, coach, screw those analytics, right? And even Brandon Staley just saying like, it's not about that. It's about players, guys. It's about players. <laughs> so it's just like, I think he's done with the analytic mindset. And I liked his response to it just to say, look, that's not solely what it's about. We're not just basing this off of analytics here. Yeah, we got the squad. Come get us is basically what he's saying. Um, it was interesting, Jake. I got to ask Brandon Staley about kind of the depth. We've heard him talk at nauseum about how important improving the depth on this roster, specifically the corners. You can never have enough of them. Uh, I got to ask Brandon Staley about like what that competition is going to be like at the back end of the DB roster. I'll, we'll talk about this in a bit. But Brandon Sebastian, Dean Leonard, both had very good pass breakups today in 11 11s. And it was hard to not notice that. And it's going to be a grind to see who gets those spots. But Brandon kind of talks about like the importance of that depth and what he looks for in a cornerback. who's going to make the squad. He talks about needing the toughness, the discipline, the physicality, but then he kind of mentioned one part, Jake, that I thought was interesting. He mentioned their ability to perform under pressure. And when you think about performing under pressure, it makes sense, but we're in training camp. We're in preseason. When is pressure that they're going to be able to grade? Like, is it what we just saw today? Like, is that pressure? I'm, I mean, how I would take that personally, if you're if you're basing it solely off of, it depends on what you're what you're basing it off. If you're basing it off of right now, as far as pressure goes, the pressure I would assume would be with any of the d- people in the DB room that are beyond CB four is who's going to step up for CB5, CB6. But step up in what? 
like step up in training camp in preseason. Like yes. they don't have they only have so many opportunities to step right. up under pressure. Quote and and I like that you that you brought that up because really it's making the most out of the reps where you're on the field. What are you going to do? How are you going to make a play? As you said, step up and make a play. Who's going to make a difference? I mean, having guys like Brandon Sebastian and Dean Leonard, who's now apparently continued his work off of what he did off of OTAs to step yep. up like that. Good and point. Dan, again, you invested essentially in bringing in five new guys to your defensive back room. If you go from JC Jackson to Bryce Callahan to JT Woods to Dean Leonard and to Jasir Taylor, that is a huge addition in a single offseason to a DB room. So he's like he said, you can never have enough DBs, but at the same time, he's looking for guys that are going to step up and make plays because if there's somebody on this roster that's not, there's going to be somebody there that's going to, and that's what he's looking for. Yeah. Any uh, any other kind of key takeaways from Brandon Staley uh, from his time? Yeah, at the podium before we kind of move on to Justin Herbert's. Uh, no, you know, it was, it was basically, you know, kind of just running the mill, the, the injury update, the Derwin update, uh, excuse me, the, the injury update to Kenneth Murray, the Derwin update, your question about the, the DB room can never have enough DBs. Um, his question, he was presented a question from Khalil Mack, basically just said the guy who was out there today was the guy that I remember coaching back in Chicago. Um, but other than that, you know, there, there wasn't, I even felt that just from standing there around everybody, um, there wasn't a lot to take away from this because, again, we're talking no. about a practice without pads. We're talking about day one. It's really not going to be as much of a physical practice as you would expect. So um, there wasn't much that he could elaborate on when it's talking about guys who went out there and really separated themselves from the group. Um, he did, I, I, I know that he was talking about Isaiah Spiller, and we'll get into that again. Um, he basically just said he's going to be in an open competition. Let's let's be fair. We all expect him to be the running back too by the time the season starts. And we'll get into, yes, and we'll get into that in a little bit, Dan. But uh, shift it over. Let's go to the next uh, part of the press conference. Which one did you want to jump to? Justin let's Herbert? Go, let's or, go Justin. Go let's go, go, go Justin. So he, he kicked it off right off the clip. Uh, was asked a question about kind of what it's like in year two under the scheme, uh, year two and familiarity. And he kind of talked about how like it's night and day different for him. Kind of talked about how he's able to do so much more faster now than he was at this time last year, uh, which only bodes well for this team uh, moving forward. Uh, it, it was interesting. I think we talked a lot. He talked a lot about kind of like, I think somebody asked him a question about Gerald Everett and kind of how, and he mentioned how athletic he is and kind of what he's bringing to, to the squad. Um, it was interesting, Jake, and this is not necessarily from a Justin Herbert perspective, but more, yeah, I was talking to, I asked Justin Herbert actually specifically about like what it's like going up against the new additions on this defense, because like, I don't know about you, Jake, but it was hard not to notice how, just how many new players this <laughs> team has on defense, offense too, but like specifically defense. Like I'm looking like every time I'm like, oh, that's Morgan Fox. Oh, that's Sebastian Joseph Day. Oh, that's Bryce Callahan. Oh, that's JT Woods. Oh, that's JC Jackson. On and on and on and on and on and on. And like, I don't remember there being a time with this much turnover to key positions on this roster. And so when I asked Justin Herbert about what it's like going up against all those players versus what it was like last year, you know, he mentioned like last year's players were good. I liked our defense, but it's it's fun this year. And he did call out specifically both Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack saying it's going to be a little difficult, challenging going up against those two. I'm paraphrasing, but um, 
it it's got to be fun for him to basically have a whole new defense to go up against. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into the details later, but essentially when you when we talk about the 11 on the 11 drills, the defense won the day when it when it came to it. The small sample size that we did get to see, the defense definitely won a majority of the plays that were out there. Um, but that's what you want to see. And especially for a defense that suffered in multiple categories last year, this is really what people could maybe kind of considered. And even people in Chargers circles, when we're talking about the overall record of the Chargers last year, what was the biggest thing that held them back? One could have easily said a bunch of defensive categories was was responsible for that. So coming in on day one with a lot of young talent and a lot of new faces to see them perform the way that they did against this offense, that's a very positive step that you want to see in that in that circumstance. So. Um, I think Justin's excited for the challenge and we'll see how this develops over the next several weeks. Yeah, I did one funny part that Justin did. There's always some form of <laughs> Justinism <laughs> this is, that this comes was great. out. And he's such a humble kid. He's he's just he's a great guy. And there was actually gets, two. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go with the first on whatever right. one you're going to bring in. I'll take one. But like you could tell, like he's almost gone to school for this. Like he is so good on the mic and so composed. Um, earlier, you know, after training camp was over, everybody was, all the fans were out there, which by the way, shout out to the Chargers fans. There were so many of you that were there at camp. Um, you, you could feel it. Uh, it was talked about at nauseum actually, uh, among those on the grass. And, um, it was funny. So at that point in practice, fans are excited because Khalil Mack, Justin Herbert, everyone's kind of come over signing autographs, saying hi. And you hear MVP chants, MVP chants. And everybody was chanting MVP to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was at the podium and Khalil Mack was right behind us. And somebody asked him the question like, Oh, what was that like? You know, hearing the MVP chance and deadpan looks over to him and say, Oh, they were actually chanting MVP for Khalil Mack. And then that was it. Yeah. I personally <laughs> liked it when someone asked him is like, like, what have you seen from Zion Johnson and what's your expectations of him this year? He's like, <laughs> hopefully to play right guard. <laughs> and that was the end of the quote. <laughs> It was just so beautifully said. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was good. So, um, so yeah. So then last but not least, Jake, where oh we probably Lord. got the most fireworks was from a one Khalil Mack, who again has him personally has said he doesn't really do much talking, but like sometimes when he does like actions speak louder than words, I think he would probably live by, but some of his words were pretty good. And he got pretty animated at the very end of the press conference. This was all over social media. You'll see it. Walk off of walk offs on this one. It was beautiful. <laughs> Literal mic drop moment. Khalil Mack gets asked, like, how hungry are you coming into the season? Yeah. And basically he was just, talking about his his stints with Oakland, with Chicago, and then as Dan's explaining, how hungry are you coming into this season? And he just looks at him and he's like, How hungry am I? How hungry am I? And then he just looks at it, and you could tell like how emotional he got into it. And he's like, I'll, "I think he said, I'll show you.' Is that what was that?" He said, "He's like, I'll, I'll tell you all." Or he's like, "Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'll show you." And then just turns and walks out. And Jake, it was funny. It was it was fun being there in that moment. Oh my god, that the aftermath of it, Dan, because only people that were standing there actually know the aftermath of what happened. So, so, so Dan and I are standing literally two feet to the left of the individual who asked that question and no, I don't have a name. I will just tell you that it was for a major network affiliate that asked the question. And as soon as Khalil Mack left stage, right, essentially, and just walked off like a boss, the rest of us are all collectively just going, Oh, oh, damn. that just and happened. The individual who asked the question just said, well, 
that should make for some pretty good television. And he's damn right it did. This walk-off, Dan, I would hope to God is going to be on networks everywhere starting tomorrow. I hope that GMFB notices it. I hope that NFL Network will be replaying it. It's just a perfect walk-off slash introduction to say Khalil Mack is here. <laughs> it's, it was so good. It was it was a perfect Khalil Mack like snippet. Like they, if there's one thing that kind of personifies him in a quote, like that's basically him. And you know, there's a bunch of questions that were asked to him. And again, like he doesn't do much talking and he self-admittedly is like this. He mentions this, but it was kind of interesting, Jake, when I asked him the question about like, you know, what it's like playing alongside Joey Bosa, playing alongside this kind of revamped defensive line. He, he kind of gave kudos to Justin for, to Joey Bosa about how good he is. And and I followed up with a question, Jake, where I asked him, what are his personal goals for the season? And, you know, he could be talking about, you know, 15 sacks. He could talk about, you know, pass breakups, trips, whatever it is. And it was refreshing. And it's so exciting to hear his response of, quote, personal goals for myself up until this point in my career. I've accomplished things. But ultimately, I want to get to a Super Bowl and want to win it. That's the only thing on my mind at this point in my career. Super Bowl is the only thing on my mind at this point in my career. Super Bowl or bust. That is why you brought Khalil Mack in here. Chip on his shoulder. He talked about how he was already... I think somebody asked him the question about like, oh, do, do you get a sense for, you know, for how much this team, uh, you know, was hurt by the end of last year? And he was like, man, I was hurt by myself over in, in Chicago. Have my own like, I wasn't there. even here. <laughs> so, so, but like, he's motivated. And I kind of get the same sense from him as I do kind of a Kyle Van Noy as we get into some of that stuff on the individual drills and workouts. But like, there's some motivated stars on this team. And in my eyes, especially for the superstars, like that's one thing you don't want to do is piss them off. And I look at guys like Keenan Allen. I look at guys like Derwin James. I look at guys like Joey Bosa doing his whatever Pokemon thing that he does. And I'm not effing tired. And I'm an animal. And you look at Khalil Mack. And you look at JC Jackson. Like all these guys who get pissed off. You're like, oh, sh- snap. Like that's what I think gets me excited. There's so many of those guys who are game wreckers. And now you're seeing it. And for Khalil Mack to come out and make his presence known off the clip day one, I'm like, that's why they brought him. Like, that's why they brought him. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dan. Now to the important business at hand. Let's transition to what we actually saw on the field today. So Dan and I Dan and I actually split this up because we wanted to kind of cover as much ground as we could because the way the practice was going today, you had a majority of the offensive drills being uh, taking place on the near side, closest to the bleachers, and the defense was working on the opposite side. So Dan Dan and I split it. I took the near field on covering the offense. Dan went on the opposite side of the field covering the defensive side. Uh, Dan, where would you like to start? As far why don't, as we, just bounce, why don't we just kind of bounce back one after the other? Um, I can start. Um, okay. it, it, it was, it was kind of interesting before we split off, Jake. I, I don't know if you saw this. Um, how, you know, we, we met Zion Johnson. We've had him on our show before. We went and met him over at Slater's 5050 uh, for the Die Hard Bolt Club event. Big, big dude, right? Like mammoth arms. The guy is huge. And you see him in the offensive line group. And, he, like, I kid you not, Jake, like, kind of looks small compared to Trey Pipkins of all people. When he's standing next to Trey Pipkins, yeah, like, he does. Dude, like, it's, I guarantee you, when people see Trey Pipkins alongside 
of Zion Johnson, like on the line, Zion Johnson looks tiny and he's not tiny, but it just shows like the girth of some of those men that we're talking about. Can't teach it. Trey Pipkins is big, man. He, it's a different Trey Pipkins. It looks like he did. I know, obviously we'll talk about it and kind of share the load with storm Norton with the team, with the ones on offensive line. Um, it's kind of funny, Jake, do you see at the very beginning when things are kind of getting riled up? I think it was Keenan was out there doing his great dance moves that he's known for. Uh, Keenan, Mike, and Mike Williams and Derwin James were all doing like these ridiculous, like one handed catches playing catch with each other. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, the talent on this team is just ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, we move over to the other side. Uh, I'll start, I'll start with the edge group. Why don't we do that? I'll do the edge group and I'll give it over to you for a group that you saw either individuals or 11 on 11. Um, I don't know about you, Jake. I don't know what you saw on your side, but the defensive line, specifically, I would say Edge probably more so than anything else, had so much focus on it, specifically from Brandon Staley. I saw him over with that group multiple times. And it was interesting, at the very beginning of of it, Van Noy was walking past some of the fans as he was getting ready to go. And I think the fan was kind of mentioning that, you know, they were praising his health and happy that he was now healthy. And Kyle Van Noy just looks right over and keeps walking. And he's like, you know, they ain't ready for me. Quote. And I'm like, whoo. There's another one. There's another one. Uh, some names that I did see. Jamal Davis making strong impressions with the edge group. Uh, there was a few of the uh, individual group, individual exercise that he was doing where he was super physical, blowing over these, these dummies like it was nobody's business, um, and getting the other edge group fired up. Like everybody else kind of like, oh, that's a bad man. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Jake. Bosa and Mac. We have not seen this in the past as much. We've saw it a little bit with Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa. And remember, but, I can't see it because I'm on the opposite side of the field covering the stuff that's in front of me. So, no, I can't see it, Dan. <laughs> but I appreciate you considering the fact that I have Superman-like vision. Thank you. There was, there was so much time where it was just Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and offensive or offensive outside linebacker coach Giff Smith multiple times, just the three of them working out together, doing drills together, talking with each other, and then the rest of the edge group somewhere else. I probably saw it at least three times, and I think that's specifically like to get that chemistry done, to get those instilled early and often. And it's it's another example, like another just, like we have two dudes. Like we have two top 10 edge rushers on the same team. When's the last time that's happened? And the amount of tension and camaraderie those guys are going to get together, I think is going to be important. Um, Mac looks good to go, man. Like, he looks great. That guy is a beast. Super physical. You don't see that much. You know, right now, no pads, not really going hard on each other. But, like, you can see the way that they're going up against those dummies. Like, those drills are no joke. Um, and I guess the only other part from the edge defensive line perspective was uh, during 11-11s, I think Gaziano had, like, a chip tip pass interception. I think he may have brought it back to score. I don't remember exactly. Um, good hands, I guess. But, again, it's it's early. Um, those are kind of the main takeaways I have from the edge group and the walkthroughs that I saw in terms of kind of the, the one-on-ones. Um, it was interesting. We'll get into it a bit here when we talk about Kyle Van Noy and the linebacking core, but Kyle Van Noy really wasn't seen much with the edge group today, whether it was individual drills or 11 on 11, seven on seven, none of those. You, you didn't see Kyle Van Noy at edge, quote unquote. You saw him in the middle 
as a middle linebacker alongside Drew Tranquil. Yes, you see him kind of moving out to the flats and coverage, et cetera, but like he was a linebacker. Shouldn't be a surprise given the situation that it currently resides with Kenneth Murray. And that's what we said, Dan. We said in an emergency situation that this would be the plan. And so far, that sounds like exactly what we all predicted. So, um, again, when you look at that linebacker depth right now, if you're telling me who I'd rather trust standing next to Drew Tranquil, would it be Kenneth, Kyle Van Oy or Troy Reader? I know which which answer I'm going with in that circumstance. So this was the plan. Again, hopefully you can get to a point where this team is back to full strength with Kenneth Murray in there, and you can have a guy like Kyle Van Oy rotating at edge with the likes of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. 100%. All right, Jake, offensive side, who you got? So the, the biggest thing that I got a view of was the wide receiver group practicing right in front of me. I was I was a little bit bummed out from the standpoint of where the offensive linemen were positioned, that they were on the far side of the field in the end zone. And they were literally just doing two by two blocking drills, but nothing that was a significance. Again, we're talking about a day here without pads. So if we're talking offensive linemen or defensive linemen, there's nothing really big time that you're going to be able to see. But Dan, we're just, and the, the simple individual drills for the wide receivers, I'm standing there next to Ryan and we're just we're watching the group go through the ladder drills. And this was the order for the first three. It was Keenan Allen, obviously, Jalen Guyton right behind him, and then Josh Palmer. And we're watching them going through this ladder drill. And obviously, Keenan is just, you know, it's like he built the damn ladder himself, the way he's able to just maneuver in and out of it so quick. And then Guyton goes through there, and obviously, he's got the speed to do it. You know, it just doesn't quite look the same. And then you watch Josh Palmer do it. And it looks like a carbon copy of the way that Keenan Allen did it. And it's it's so weird to see both of these guys where we're talking about simple aspects of footwork. And this was still evident when they're just going out there and they're, you know, running short patterns or cut comeback routes and just showing their ability in and out of their breaks, basically just the way that they win the game. And Dan, I just want to highlight that about Josh Blur for a second, because we obviously know the dedication and the work ethic that he's put in during the offseason. It's been highlighted by Brandon Staley. It's been highlighted by Justin Herbert. It's been reported that he's one of the guys that stays. He's one of the last players to leave the field during practice. So he's putting in the work. And I, I thought about this as we're just watching these drills of, of the, uh, of the footwork. And I'm like, I remember the, de- the, the debate that got sparked last year that everybody was really saying what different universe that a Mike Williams route tree is to a Josh Palmer round tree. And, but that's, that's not, that's not what's nearly important here. The important thing here is just to focus on what Josh Palmer is doing and the expectations for him that everybody pretty much has is that he should have the wide receiver three spot on lock. I don't think that should surprise anybody. The expectations for him are very, very big and Dan, we've said it in this type of a league, in this type of a, uh, a division, you can't just win with your one or your two wide receivers. You need someone else to step up. Josh Palmer looked so smooth, so crisp today. It was just like you would have thought that we just came off of you know last season and the dude just picks right up and looks, if not better than he did at this point last year. It, it was just a cool thing to watch to see his progression on from last year's training camp to this year's training camp and to see how he's going to build off of it. 
I love it. I love it. And and everybody talked about like Josh Palmer came ready to play this year. And you talk about how much of like a gym rat he is. He's one of the last ones off the field. He's always studying Keenan Allen. And, and and to see that progression, you know, again, it's early day one. You don't know what you're going to get, but like it's so far, no one's lying. Uh, I did notice speaking of wide receivers, Jake, when we were doing 11 on 11s on my side later on in the afternoon or in the morning, excuse me, uh, Mike Williams, you know, I remember, I don't know if you remember last year, Jake, Mike Williams and Asante Samuel Jr. were kind of chirping a bit. And uh, so there's a little drama there last year. This year, once again, kind of going after, I think Asante Samuel Jr. had talked about like, you know, I, I want to be on you every play. Or I think last year, sorry, last year was Keenan Allen, this year is Mike Williams. Yes. And uh, today, Mike Williams had a pretty nice catch up in the middle of the field on Asante Samuel Jr. He kind of had one of those box out moves that you're used to seeing like, you know, the late Vince Jackson doing, Antonio Gates did it a bit, where basically just boxed out the smaller defender and and got it. Um, so, all right, next one, Jake. Let's go into linebackers. Uh, we talked about Kyle Van Noy a bit in the sense that he's always, well, he's today. Again, who knows if that's because Kenneth Murray wasn't there, but maybe that's the part that they want to get him the most comfortable with. Um, it was nice, Jake. You could tell that this defense is hunting for turnovers in some of the drills that they do. There was one drill they were doing where they were doing, they were basically like pretending they were, they were basically practicing swipes down for simulation of like quarterback strips. And they were just doing it over and over and over again. All of the linebackers were doing this. Um, Tranquil actually did a really good job uh, during 11 11. I think he got a, a tackle for loss and Staley was fired up about it and talked about his aggression was kind of giving him praise for that. Um, Short shuttle, shuttle drill, I will say. Eamon, our buddy, very quick feet in a shuttle drill. I honestly think he had the fastest feet of the entire linebacking room, and I don't even think it was close. Uh, his feet were actually talked about by, I believe, what member of the coaching staff during his training. Uh, also working on coverage drills, specifically hands. You saw them in coverage, two rotations. And Jake, you'll like this. Two rotations. Remember how many times last year the Chargers had their hands on interceptions, just dropped them? <laughs> two rotations. Every, All too many times do I remember that. Every single linebacker, two rotations, would drop back in coverage and then sprint to one side of the field and go up for an interception, quote-unquote. Not one drop. Two rounds of it. Every linebacker got it. And it was actually kind of interesting seeing – some of the catches they were making, I'm like, dang, these are pretty legit. I'm like, these are wide receiver catches. But for linebackers to actually show that, I will take it. Uh, last thing I think I saw, Damon Lloyd, we talked about it. He's on kind of the, the bubble. He has a really hard chance of getting on this team, but I think there's been some praise from him. Damon Lloyd made some strong impressions, get the linebackers hyped up, manhandling the dummies, like literally throwing them to their side. Uh, so linebacking core was kind of off to the races from jump working on hands, working on footwork, and working on stripping the quarterback. All right, Dan, not much of a big observation on this, again, because of the drills that I was only seeing on my side of the field. You had the, you had the uh, wide receivers and the DBs at this point of practice. They were actually doing the hoop drill to simulate special teams going outside. So you're stiff arming around the hoop, and you're going down and you're tackling the bag. So they were doing that. On my right, the running backs are practicing. Everybody wants to know about the running back situation because obviously there's a lot of questions about running back three uh, or RB three, essentially. Now, today's practice, <laughs> I mean, 
didn't really highlight anything. There wasn't anything that jumped out essentially here. Um, take this not with a grain of salt. Don't take this as gospel, but this is essentially the order in which the running backs were doing the drills. It went Eckler, obviously. Joshua Kelly was two. Isaiah Spiller was third. Then you had Larry Roundtree at fourth. Kevin Marks was fifth. And Letty Brown was sixth. And that's how they were going through their individual drills. Letty Brown season, baby. And when we eventually got to 11-on-11 drills, that was still essentially the same order. It went Eckler, Kelly, Spiller. Now, if that freaks anybody out, please just take a deep breath. Calm it down. Pour yourself a glass of water and calm down. (laughs) Just calm down. Look, I think the reasoning here is, and this happened with a number of different positions, especially if we're talking about new rookies to this team. You could say that you saw it with Xander Horvath because Gabe Neighbors was still taking first reps at the fullback position. Same thing with JT Woods as far as his rotation in with the safety group. Obviously, the other DBs that we'll talk about here in a second uh, as far as their second and third team rotations. But don't take this first day of practice and seeing Joshua Kelly in at the second second team scare you. I think this is the way that Brandon Staley likes to ramp up his rookies to get their feet wet. Again, we're talking about day one here. When everything comes down to it, I don't think anybody expects Joshua Kelly to earn RB2 over Isaiah Spiller. We all expect Isaiah Spiller to be the RB2 on this team. Who looked good, by the way? He did look good. He had he had some nice one cuts, and he broke one actually free. One of the few wins that the offense got on 11-on-11 drills because the defense really dominated today. But he looked good, and he is, he is one big guy back there. He really is. But having Joshua Kelly, obviously, when you look at the rest of the running back room goes, he's now one of the veterans on this team. When you think about just time that each running back has been here, it's crazy enough to see us, but this is Joshua Kelly going into his third year. And Larry Roundtree, unfortunately, during later on 11 on 11 drills at some point, I can't remember, Dan, if, if, because this was obviously not in contact, if the ball caused the phone, but the ball got on the ground by Larry Roundtree. Not the best thing that you want to do. Was he in bounds? I don't know, but no, he wasn't bound. Oh, he <laughs> was in bounds. He, this was all on, this was all on, this was all in bounds on the field when they were going through drills, but that's, that's the weird part. It's just like, this was a no contract drill. So how is the ball ending up on the ground? The defense got hyped. It shouldn't be. Yes, it shouldn't <laughs> be, but still it is. So not the best look for day one of practice there. I didn't see much from either Letty Brown or or, uh, or Kevin Marks either. So no. as Brandon Staley said in a competition or in the press conference, it truly is going to be a competition. Who's going to step up to be that number three guy? So time's going to tell. It'll be interesting. But still, expectations, Eckler, Spiller are your RB1 and 2. I will say I, I think that we're probably going to see that RB3 spot, quote-unquote, cycle through. I got a gut feeling that you're going to see like the next practice. We'll probably see one of those other guys, either Roundtree or Marks or Brown come in there for uh, Joshua Kelly. Like, I think they're just like, you think you said they're getting people's feet wet, but like it, there's no way there's, there's just no way. Right. Um, I get it. And, and you're talking about a running back room that essentially as of right now has 
three rookies as part of that room as it stands right now. Obviously, not not all these guys are going to make the roster, but we'll see if anybody can make a difference once the pads come on and when it really gets serious. Yeah, yeah. Jake, let's talk about hang time and snap to release time, huh? Oh, yeah, because this was, this was important drills that you were watching on the opposite field. Yes, yeah, so I'm sitting here watching the punting unit <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and new punter J.K. Scott. We all remember uh, last few years uh, punting scares that we've seen where we've had punt blocks. We've seen punts that are should have been blocked. And in short, it has seemed, when I've watched this team, it has seemed as if they are not able to get a punt off without us all having to like take a sigh and like freak out for a second that it's going to get blocked. And so we talked about it a few times during the offseason, but whoever they get at punter, I hope that they put an emphasis on getting the ball out quickly. And so I was actually paying attention to that. J.K. Scott was doing punts and they were doing kind of like drills and they were doing practice. And uh, Jake, I literally brought up the stopwatch and I timed how long from the moment that the ball was snapped by the long snapper to when he was a, excuse me, when the, when he caught the ball from the long snapper to when he kicked it, I probably timed five of them. All of them were under two seconds. All, all but one of them was under one and a half seconds. And the fastest one I saw was in 1.21 seconds. Again, five, who knows? But I guarantee you, those are all faster than we have seen in years past. And it looks like it's an emphasis, and it looks like he is hurrying and getting that thing off. And the best part about all of this, Jake, was I think I saw one that looked like it was hang, that had a hang time of 10 seconds. Obviously, it wasn't 10 seconds, but the hang time on, I believe, is his first punt. I was looking at it like, whoa, it could have been five seconds, literally. So punts getting off quick. And then, Jake, I think the other one that was interesting was looking at the CBs. Uh, Dean Leonard, JC Jackson, Brandon Sebastian all had very good pass breakups. The JC Jackson one on Mike Williams was pretty darn good. Got the whole defense chirping. I believe that was on the first play of 11 on 11 drills, if I'm right. I think it, I think it was. And, and it was interesting for a defense that doesn't have Derwin James out there <laughs> practicing on the field. There is a quite a bit of energy on that defense. And there are some people chirping that, Sound like a Derwin James type of lead <laughs> chirp episode. So it, it's it's fun to see. But Jake, I'm telling you, that CB five six spot is going to be so tough to come on to come into. I just don't know how they're gonna figure this out. And it's good to see Brandon Sebastian, who I like, Dean Leonard continues to impress, like you mentioned. Um, I think it was was it was it Brandon Sebastian that almost came down with the one on was, the second the second inter, the second would be interception of Easton Stick. That's the one that Brandon Sebastian almost came down with. And was that against Guyton? Yes. He. Oh no, I'm so, sorry. Dean Dean Leonard was up against uh, was up against Guyton. That's right. Um, Brandon Sebastian was up against Joe Reed. Okay. It. They look good, man. They look good. And then JT Woods. JT was first time kind of seeing him out there, lengthy, lengthy player, but like he's fast. You see him all over the field. We saw him up in the box, which I was actually excited to see. Uh, they're going to got to bring him, moving him around a bit. Obviously, you see him high. Uh, if he can get those instincts down and just let his athleticism shine, 
he's going to be a chess piece. Daniel Jeremiah talked about like him being one of the most important pieces that they've added to this defense from the draft. I see it. I can see why. Because he, he's got he's got that athletic trait that you just can't teach. And if they can get him as a student of the game and get him down to a science, like, woo, watch out. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, the, the second, I mean, the the defense just had a day. I know you kind of mentioned just a variety of the DBs there that were making plays. Two other plays of note, obviously, Joe Gaziano playing defensive line against Easton Stick at quarterback was able to tip his own ball and grab it with an interception. Everybody flipped out on that play. Big man running. Got that big man running. And also Ty Shelby. He almost had a pass breakup that ultimately after he tipped it, it ended up being caught by Jason Moore. So it still goes down as a completion. But again, here you got guys getting their hands up and tipping balls. And it's a nice thing to see, um, especially when, you know, this is not a team that's known for t- tipping any balls, really, and causing interceptions. So those are a couple of the uh, the notes that I had there. Drew Tranquil blew up a play in the in the backfield when he shot through the middle. Khalil Mack also had a nice run stop on, on or would have been a run stop on Austin Eckler. Um, I know you had mentioned Damon Lloyd earlier. He was in there making some really nice plays. That was a nice little surprise. Uh, I was trying to think just as far as anything else of note. Um, I know everybody was probably wondering what was happening with the fullback situation with Xander Horvath. Well, know this as of right now, Gabe neighbors was still taking first reps with the fullback situation. But as we got toward the end of 11 on 11 drills, Xander Horvath was actually being utilized a lot in the passing game and actually made a very, very nice play on a, 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 excuse me, a catch in the flat and that he was able to take up the field. So um, those are a couple of plays, but I mean, ultimately, Dan, if you're just to chalk it up, who won the day? It's it was easily the defense making the biggest plays, no question. Yeah, you you mentioned tight end. You know who else ran ran well fullback? Excuse me. You know who else lined up at fullback was Gerald Everett, our tight end. Jay, there's a play where they had Trey McKitty out as a tight end, and they had Gerald Everett lined up as a fullback, quote unquote. Did a little play action, short pass. All right, Jake. So wrap it up. Day one, training camp, we're on the grass, out there in the press pool, uh, getting some questions answered, uh, seeing a lot of kind of things up close and personal. Um, Key takeaways, just for you in terms of like favorite moments that you had. Well, I came home with a sunburn. Let's just say that much. I mean, (laughs) the day at nine o'clock in the morning started off so nice and then the clouds broke and I really felt bad for all the fans that were in the bleachers because it was just, I'm sure it was just melting them. And it wasn't until we moved on the opposite side of the field where it's like, oh my God, there's shade. Okay, thank God for that. Uh, but no, best moments of the day. I mean, we saw a lot of familiar faces. David Druggemeyer, Daniel Way was at, locked on charters. Guys were out of practice today. Congrats uh, again to Dan Wade, newlywed. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, ran into Matt Money Smith, ran into a lot of familiar faces in the media. Daniel Popper today, obviously, as well. It just it, it was that feeling of a football back, man. I mean, Dan, how many how many guys did we talk to when we arrived at the field today that are just part of the staff there at, at the field? And they're just saying like, oh, my God, dude, like I this day one of football, like we're so happy that football is finally back. Like we didn't even have to say anything. They they were the ones that were giving it to us. So it, it's, it's just this whole sense of getting the season back. You know what it is that's coming. You know what football does to people and especially just people who love the game. And it was on display today, Dan. So I, I don't think that I could really 
pick one moment of it. It was just the entirety of the day, seeing the fans back in that type of capacity, getting to be on the field and watching these guys go through the drills. You can't get any better than that. No, I agree. I agree. It was great seeing some of the fans too. Like I saw, I, we ran into Jen Mills, fan of the year, uh, Ken Garcia, a uh, great friend, ran into, you mentioned the Lockdown Chargers guys. We've mentioned, uh, we also talked to Tyler Lawrence from uh, Shock Therapy Podcast, uh, who's also getting married soon, by the way. Uh, so congratulations to him. Um, ran into a ton of people. And, and I think a lot of it, you mentioned Matt Money Smith, Chris Harry, Haley Elwood, uh, everyone there. And everyone is just excited to be there. You mentioned football is back. You could tell like the, the excitement was palpable across, kind of across the board. And you could see it in the fans. You could see it in the bleachers. You could see it with the team. And you could see it even with the press pool. Like, they were jazzed to be able to get some of those questions answered and just jazzed to kind of get back into the the regular, thick, like, the thick of things. Like, yeah. F- football is back. All right, Jake. So, it's time. Derwin James signed mini helmet. We had a giveaway for the last about a week or so. Uh, winner in the giveaway gets a signed Derwin James mini helmet. Turns out the winner is going to receive this before, or it's going to be announced before Derwin James actually signs his contract extension, which I was actually thinking it was going to be the opposite. But so over 400 people entered into this on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And again, all you had to do if it was on Instagram, you just had to like it and you had to comment and bring someone else into the comments, tag them. If you are on Twitter, all you had to do was follow us, retweet it, and subscribe on YouTube. Those only stipulations. Combined, we had almost 400. I think it was like 380 something in total. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, you, I believe, did the randomizer. Uh, yes. Who is the winner of the Derwin James signed mini helmet? The winner of the Derwin, Gi- Derwin James signed mini helmet is Jimmy Eller at Barely Savage 93. Jimmy, congratulations. Uh, Dan and I will be taking care of on getting the details to you. If you're listening to this, make sure to DM us all of your information um, and we'll get it sent out to you. Again, congratulations for anybody who didn't win. I want you to know right now, do not be discouraged because Dan and I have two additional giveaways that are taking place here over the course of training camp in the preseason. And you know what? Screw it. I'll go ahead and I'll spill it right now as far as what's actually taking place. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. There's a Mike Williams giveaway. Mm-hmm. And there's an Isaiah Spiller giveaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled for both of those because those will be coming in the next couple of weeks, possibly as early as next week. So if you uh, did not win on this, please, I would encourage you to definitely keep your eyes peeled for the next giveaways that we're going to be doing. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for the support and entering. We, we love giving back like this. Um, and again, very excited for some of these upcoming giveaways uh, that we'll have in the next couple of weeks. Well, Jake, uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm exhausted, but man, I'm hungry for more. Can't wait. I'm sunburned and I'm just hungry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as hungry as Cleo Mac, but we are hungry. Yeah, uh, Jake, I think we should do this again. So maybe we go training camp later in the week. What do you think? Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see about that. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah. All right. For Jake Hefner, you can find him as Backwards Hat and Sunburn at Jake T. Hefner. I mean, Myself, no you can there. find at Dan W. Sports. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Charges Unleashed. Again, hit that like, subscribe, where you find us. 
And we will talk to you soon on Chargers Unleashed. Jake, football is back.